In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, your year-round professional property maintenance company, providing services such as weekly lawn maintenance, driveway sweeping, snow and ice management, and tons more. Get your free estimate today at LawnProAK.com. Anchortown Dogs, located at 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Menegato's Accounting, locally owned and operated advisory and tax accounting solutions. Passion, experience, diligence. Learn more at menegatosaccounting.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off Arctic and 58th. Handcrafted Alaskan-made cider. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Check them out at doubleshovelcider.com. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Your all-in-one cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Welcome to uh, another Alaska Wild Project episode number 19. Uh, today, the topic's going to be salmon harvest and processing. Um, that's going to include a whole bunch of uh, details and things on how we do, um, what we need to do to get salmon, and how we process it, processes, and maybe some of the other ways that we've done it in the past. Um, there's lots of ways to get it done. Um, but before we get into that really quick... Uh, patreon.com slash Alaska wild project. Thank you to the people that have been donating. Some people have been donating 20 bucks, which is really cool. People have been donating five bucks. Um, everything helps. Yeah. Yeah, It's picking up, man. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you to you guys for sure. And, um, so we will be putting out some extra stuff out there. We have a lot of videos still that we're going to try to, um, 
edit and put out, you know, once this crazy summer that's been going on kind of winds down, we can kind of focus a little bit on that as everyone probably is feeling it right now. Oh, yeah. I can see it in your guys' faces. I'm sure I look the same. Like, we're sun-kissed and, you know, it's like midsummer, but the the few extra rings around the eyes, the the monotone. Practice <laughs> what you preach. You got to get oh, out man, in the dude. summertime. Just clapped out. Oh, man. Just been full go. <laughs> Uh, full send, stop, dude. Man. Full send all summer. Running just like on four hours of sleep, you know. Yeah, every night. Like every it's night. all you get. It's like a nap. You just get this series of naps. And I don't know about you guys, but I'll even get like a quick like I'll pull in the driveway and just like ten minutes of <laughs> lay my head back. I yeah. mean it's all I need. I just need that. And to hop out and like all right, freshen up. But yeah, man, it's I mean let's be real. I don't want to complain. No. Because this is like what we live for. And I know there's going to be folks around the country, state, around the world that would be like, are you kidding me? I'd love to just be up there for five days. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, speaking on that a little bit, my cousin came up a a year ago or two years ago from Miami. And he's like grew up in in Florida, grew up in Miami, you know what I'm saying? Like the club life and all that where something like that. Us is like, oh, that's cool and fun to go do that. And he's excited to come up here and do you know, all the stuff we do. And he spent a w- two weeks, maybe a week and a half, two weeks. And like, we didn't, I didn't do anything extra. I just did all the things that I was normally doing already. Yep. Like I didn't arrange my schedule to do anything special with him. I was like already going to the Kenai. I was already going to go to Russian river. I was already going to go on this four wheeling trip or this boating trip. And I was like, just, I had all this stuff for him. And after like the third day, he's just like, dude, how do you, how do you just continue to do this? Like, he's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Sleep. Like, yeah, he's like, I need to sleep. And literally, literally when we were on the Kenai, remember <laughs> yeah. the dude slept the whole time. Yeah. That day. Yeah. He was so done. Donezo. And, and that we, was after like five days of just yeah. like, and he was go with me to the hot dog stand and do the whole grind and then yeah. do the, all the other stuff to get ready. You know what I'm saying? Cause it takes yeah. a day to get ready. It takes a day to like clean the stuff up, to be ready for the next day. Living it's, the AK life can be a grind. Oh, yeah. 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 He was funny, man. Like that night, we started the float at like midnight, just to give you some perspective. Like that, we still needed to rally for like six or seven hours before we fell asleep. Yeah. So we ran through and then go to bed and get up at like, you know, I think we bed at like 630, up at nine. And then we were rods in the water. And he was just looking at us like, you guys are out of your fucking minds. Like, (laughs) just, he flipped like, Two or three flosses and was like, wouldn't crash on the raft. Yeah, he like literally <laughs> fell asleep just, just on the side of the raft. Like, just done. Like, like <laughs> but yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta like build yourself up to this. I think is what the lifestyle really yeah. does. And I was talking but, to Jack earlier, and, and I know maybe you've, we've discussed this a little bit too. Is you come into the summer with all these things you want to do, and you schedule all these. Like this weekend, I'm going to do that. This weekend, I'm going to do this. I got to remember this trip, this annual trip, this annual trip, mm-hmm. this thing I want to hit. And you schedule all these things, and it just is like punch, punch, uppercut, boom, oh, next man. one, boom, next one, boom. Yeah. And I was telling Jack right. today, and I was like, man, I think next summer I'm gonna, I'm not gonna plan much. Like one thing that I really want to do, and I really want to focus on doing new things. And a lot of spontaneity and just like be spur of the moment. Like, like the Tuesday thing, like, Oh, you want to go on the boat? Yeah. 
let's yeah. go do that. Like I have nothing mm-hmm. else planned. I don't yeah. have to go to this thing or I don't have to go to this fourth of July thing we do every year or, yeah. or this other trip we do all the year, which is still cool to have that, some of that stuff, but then you kind of get stuck in that same trip yep. every you year. Repeat them, you repeat them. And I think that getting the boat last year really helped me in that area because I had to start being flexible for the weather. Mm-hmm. And then I, I wouldn't count on, I, I just didn't schedule as many of the trips. Like I've been jumping in on like your camping trip last minute now. Mm-hmm. And it also, um, that spontaneity, I think it's important to have a bunch of those like quick trips. Like we talked about last week on the podcast in your arsenal. So then it's like, Oh shit, it started raining at the stand and you get home, but then it clears back up. So you'd shut down early and you're like, man, it's four 30. I can go do something rad. What should yeah. I do? And you, you know, you have the next whatever, 12 hours to go do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. I like how you said the back pocket. Cause that's what, you know, you just got to have a quick pack or something just ready to rock or your raft or your paddleboard or just your, simply your hiking boots just yeah. ready to throw on yeah. and go. Yeah. Well, I think having up. a new toy or yeah. a new something also is like, mm-hmm. all right, well, I got to, I got to, I can't, mm-hmm. I got to give away, take away something yep. to add more time to whatever yeah. this new thing That's is. True. So that, that helps a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you get a friend that has a new something or, you know. No. There's also been for, at least for me, like over the last two or three years, even more adversity to crowds, you know, mm-hmm. and later in this podcast, we'll get into like dip netting and stuff, but you know, that's what drove me away from the dip netting was the crowds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what's been driving me away from some of the other activities I really liked and were on my annual list. And it, for me, like getting out and just getting off the grid and being away from everything is like a reset then. But as soon as you see one other person, it's kind of like when you're out sheep hunting or you're like out in the sound on your boat and you're pulling into this like private cove and 100 miles away from Whittier and you see that other boat, you're like, uh, what the you know yeah. i gotta move to the next bay you know yeah. yeah yeah and and that's that's part of why i've kind of been anti buying like a motorhome because then it's like you're always in a parking lot you know or you're always in a big group of people and it's fun to go try to find somewhere where there's no people and there's a lot there's actually a lot mm-hmm. of places you can go where mm. there's maybe not a lot of people yeah oh, you know yeah. like you said you there went are, up to paxson and it was like half full. Yeah. I mean, which was, was cool. Just and people drifting through. It was never full. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little off beaten path. So it's one of those last kind of rare spots. And I'm sure it has its moments and weekends and, you know, times when it's slammed or it's full or, you know, 4th of July or just big weekends or whatever. But it was sure nice to just go out there and have something to yourself for a couple of days. Yeah. Have you, you thought know? any more about going to like a weekday schedule or a weekend working oh, schedule? Man. You know, I wouldn't be opposed at this point now doing doing that because before it was just doing stuff with your friends and, and everybody worked and it was all off on the weekend. So it was just what you did. Yeah. And then now I still do stuff with my friends, of course, but a lot more is family oriented or a tight knit group of, you know, one or two, three, four guys tops going and doing something. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to go on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and come home on a Friday. I'd gladly go back to work for the weekend if I was able to get three days of something yeah. where I had it to myself. Yeah. Or just less of a crowd. There's yeah. always a crowd now, though. Almost everything yeah. you do is well, there's a crowd now. I've I mean, always thought it would be a good idea but, just for, like, 
as a general culture to switch to four tens, whereas everything is four tens, but yeah. it doesn't have to be the same four tens. Right. You know, some people mm. work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, mm. and then th- then it kind of spreads out. You know, people's days off, and it's not so crazy and crowded yeah. every weekend on every trip. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. That should be a, a regulation that we need. Or a statue, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought it'd be cool for certain. Ninety days that. in the summer, we need four tens regulated. <laughs> so businesses, you're gonna have to adapt. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I've I've been thinking about that. Like next year, like how do I make this happen? Where I just go hard for four days. You know, tens, twelves. I'm already doing. You know, sixteen. That ain't shit anyway. Yeah. You're already doing, and, yeah. And knowing that I'm gonna be able to do three days of whatever I want. Full disconnect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it's nothing. Or whether it's, you know, go find a new spot. Yeah. You know, that's, man, how do you get to that? Like, when you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> yeah. If someone knows, let me know. Write the, write the rule book on that. Yeah. Well, the slope boys got to do that. Mm. You know, there's different compromises there. Yep. Yeah. But, but they um, do, they get that access during the weekdays and most of them yeah. use it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I was at the Russian today and it's still, <laughs> dude. It was like, you, a you Saturday, think you're going to go on the yeah. weekday and you're going to be by yourself. You're not. Oh, no, never. You know. But, but I bet you would if you went to – I mean, that's at the Russian River. But if you go to some other place where no one's really there, you'll probably get, like, nobody there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Like some oh. of those farther out trips, yeah. you know, you go yeah. out to, you know, Eureka on a Tuesday or something or the Golcana or something different yeah. like that. Yeah. You're there might gonna, be a handful of people out there, but you'll never see them. Yeah. Be so spread out. Yeah. Well, you will, were – One more I, thing, though. Yeah. I will say that the Seward Highway hasn't been that bad. Oh yeah, it hasn't. Right. The the several times I've run it has been very very pleasant. Yeah. So very. So pleasant. shout out to uh, whatever the schedule is because I know they're still doing stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that road's really nice that they that's finally done, dude. Yeah. The new except the bridge right there by Bird, like I know, just dragging that thing out. Oh my goodness! I think it's like a manpower thing. They're just like they got it tempted out, so they're doing all these other quick mm. budgeted projects or something maybe, and that one's like. I wonder if they're facing the same, like, they don't have enough people to work. Yeah, Like, the restaurants know. and a lot of these other places. Construction guys? Man, yeah. I have seem no staffed idea. up pretty good when you're, on, when you're running by those crews. Yeah. yeah. But either way, a positive yeah. thing. That they're kicking like, ass and taking yeah. names out yeah, there. Yeah, dude, because I busted out and there was no job. traffic, you know? Yeah. They're not bad, and it's not the huge, right after Girdwood, at Bird, you're just, like, crawling yeah. back into Anchorage. Mm-hmm. Has anyone been out towards, like, Glen Allen? Is there any traffic out that yeah. way? Yeah, I, I, I have. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some gnarly, gnarly construction on the Richardson. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Did you guys hear about that landslide last week? No. Mm-hmm. They, like, shut the highway down for better part of a day, maybe Where two. Where was that? Um, Not the Richardson. Yeah, the Richardson. Um, I want to say between Tote Cutoff and... It has to be. There's only mountains kind of over there. Kind of feeling like it was... Uh, um, I kind of feel like maybe like sourdough area over uh, there. Yeah, yeah, landslide. We could probably look it up, but it was. Yeah, maybe you look it. It up. was pretty wild because I know that the Colcana trip's coming. If there's something that's oh, it would impede. Well, yeah, because it impeded your ability to go to Paxson Lake. You know, or it might have just been be- right there after Paxson Lake before Summit. Maybe oh, okay, it's like somewhere in that area. I'm, I, I'm I'm screwing it up, but there was a wicked landslide that. Yeah, it was really unexpected and kind of discombobulated the highway. But to Jack's question, um, no, there there was just that construction on the Richardson where they're just doing a full overhaul um, stretch where they've got a base camp set up probably for a decade in sourdough. 
Mm. And they're just ripping that shit. You guys know that stretch, though. I mean, you're, yeah, you, you, you take a tool. They're uh, redoing that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like, it's full. You know what it reminds me of? The sledding in the Arctic Valley. Yeah, it's up and down. Dude. The, the trailer's just flying. Like, you you better down. bring like a whole bucket full of ratchet straps because you're going to be, you know, changing out ratchet straps every five miles on, yeah. your, on your trailer going down that road. But um, no, but I mean, the stretch to Glen Allen was smooth and man, there was like a car every 10 minutes. Mm, I mean, yeah. it was like when me and Rena went for our anniversary a couple of weeks ago, it was like, Everything I could have ever wanted. I pulled over Sheep Mountain, whipped out the binos, looked at some big, beautiful band of rams, looked across the the drainage uh, or the the valley on the other side. So just straight across from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from Sheep, on turned the corner, mm-hmm. got my spotting scope out, saw a, a sore and two uh, a sow and two cub nice. grizzlies crawling over there in the sun. It was like and I just literally pulled over and was like busting my glass out and was like my wife's like what. Just like that, yeah. I'm like, if you just look around, yeah, it, it's out there, and it's like there. You can do that all along the highway. Yeah, but, those lookout um, spots are for a reason. Yeah, it's called a lookout. Yeah, so you should look around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it helps to have a you and know, a place a to go pee or, or yeah, you know, and and you know, take a take a breather, let the kids out. But yeah, um, I know I kind of like got right in the middle. You were kind of giving all of our. Uh, folks, our, our resources and our, our uh, supporters some love there. We, we didn't get to give Heather a shout out. Um, I was reverting back to. Oh, got it, got love. it. Yeah, you were, you were like Patreon. I was. I wanted to circle back, make sure we covered I think that, all heard, our bases. I think, think the, the, the listeners heard <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> yeah, they know. Yeah. Alaska Wild. Yeah, Let's yeah. No, I wanted to circle back and make sure we covered all that. But sorry, I'm gonna put a little speed bump in the flow there. No, all good. So let's jump right in on to the topic of tonight, um, salmon harvest and processing. Um, I know we were talking about the dip netting. Maybe we just get right into the dip netting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that we did a few times growing up. We talked about trail, um, Fish Creek, what did yeah, you say? Fish, Fish Creek, Fish Creek mm-hmm. which was one yeah. that we used to do. Um, Cook Inlet. Cook Inlet. Mm-hmm. And I went, I want to say I went... I mean, I did that as a kid, but recently the last dip netting I did was maybe seven years ago down there in Soldatna, mm-hmm. where you go to the Urquina, I mean. From the beach? Yeah. Dude, it's just not my thing, man. <laughs> it's just not my thing, dude. It's, it's not for everybody. It's insane, dude. It's, it's crazy chaos. the amount of trash that's going on, the amount of people that's going on. Well, just like who can walk out the farthest, you know, with the longest pole you can do. And, you know, it's an incredible amount of work for one, you know. And then, you know, you hear stories all the time. It's like, oh, well, we went out and we got 185 salmon. We went out and we got 200 salmon. And in my head, I'm like, why do you need 200 salmon? Yeah, You you don't even have kids, dude. It's like you and your wife. You went and got 200 salmon for who? Mm -hmm. To send where? Like, I don't know. I feel a little conflicted about that. Like, I go and get, like, I know that in my family, I need 20 fillets. Yeah. That's 10 salmon. Mm-hmm. So I want, you know, six reds, you know, which I got yesterday. So I'm set. Nice. I want some, I want some oh, silvers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I want to get a king, like a winter king. Yeah. And so that's it. And I'm set. Like, I know that that's the amount of salmon. We eat salmon once a week in my house. So I need about, you know, not every week, but we eat about 20 to 30 fillets 
a year. Yeah, throughout the year. You know, so I, I don't go out there and mine where I'm like, well, I'm going to get 200 so that I can send. I definitely have a lot of family I could send this stuff to, but I feel like, man, they, they should come up here and get it then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Put in the work. Well, let's back up. So the last time you went was seven years. Kenai, which is the most popular dip net fishery in all of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, largest run. I think the Kenai runs like two and a half mil on sockeye alone, I think. Um, I could look that up actually yeah, right on late, the website. Late run last year was 1.8 million. Yeah, I'm thinking like first, second, all together. Yeah. And all this information is on the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, yeah. adfng.alaska.gov, if you want to look it up. Yeah. Um, they constantly are updating these numbers. You can go back and look at numbers. Um, right now, up on the screen, uh, we're looking at the website. Um, it looks like Kenai Kenai's the one I do, right? Yeah. yeah. So in 2016, there was 271,000. In 2020, it was 274,000. It varies from 270 to look like there's even 300 and something. That's for what was harvested dip netting. That's the harvest number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in the Kenai yeah, River the, dip net. The Kenai River dip net harvest number for 2020 is 274,000 fish. And that's all, that's all species. That's crazy. Combined. Yeah. Dude. And that's, that's like 90 plus percent sockeye. Yeah. I can shift it over to just sockeye and you can see it's 257. Oh, this is just sockeye. So sockeye is 256,000 uh, roundup and then you got 274,000. Okay. So, you know, that's majority is sockeye. So they're showing four rivers, Fish Creek, mm-hmm. Kasilov, yeah. Gilnet. Co- co- this is all Cook Inlet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's just Cook Inlet. Mm-hmm. But just adding those numbers right there, it's like what? Mm-hmm. 374,000. 400,000. Yeah. Just, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot, dude. Yeah. Well, there's 2.5 million. I, I just know that's like a good, like, solid number on sockeye run for the Kenai alone. Yeah. It's two and a half mil, and we're talking 400,000 harvest for all the drainages in the whole cooking lit. This is just recorded. But this is personal here. use. This isn't this like is just commercial. This isn't yeah, like yeah, yeah, set yeah. netters. Yeah. Or the ones that are caught in the river. That's the dip netting number. That's just a dip netting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I'm not so sure any of this massive. has anything to do with subsistence either. I think that's a whole other deal there as far as, like, you know, locals plucking fish and doing their thing. And maybe it is, but. On the permits it sh- issued, it should probably it should see be, how many people fished. Oh, permits, uh, permits issued. issued. Yeah, it'll it'll put. So that was harvested by 8,300 people. Yeah. So 8,000 people took 400,000 fish. Oh, no, that's the did-not-fish column. So permits issued, permits returned. So that would be the 21,000 Yeah, people fished. 21,000 people fished. And then there's the ones that don't report, and there's probably a small percentage there. Well, I was going to ask you, Daniel, backing up, you talked about the Kenai and then the Fish Creek thing, which we, we run down the number um, the year there. You know, it goes all the way down. You can kind of see Fish Creek has been pretty consistent. Um, and it's harvest uh, kind of in between like the ten to 20,000. Yeah. Well, the fish um, are there to be got then. I mean, the numbers yeah. are consistent. They're not like declining. Yeah, they're, hit, they're hitting their targets, right, yeah. for yeah. the fish returned. Well, what was the reason for your dip netting experiences before as a child, your dad, your parents, your family, whoever took you out? Did they have, like, an agenda in terms of a harvest that they were looking at a number? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, back then there was, you know, three families of us all living in a, you know, trailer. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. we had to get Everybody fish. Everybody was starting and out. there wasn't, you know, we didn't, there wasn't even a Costco. 
Oh. Back then, so oh. it was like we're getting as much fish as we can. Right. I get that. Yeah. I get that. You know what I'm saying? And I guess families still need that. Yep. You know, well, what I'm there's saying? a lot to do. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not like totally against it. I understand that you can get whatever. If your family needs 80 mm-hmm. fish, you know what I'm saying? There's 20 of you and you need 80 fish. Yeah. Um, okay. But like 200, dude. Yeah. I just did oh, the, yeah. the math there. So I had the 400,000 pe- fish that were harvested dip netting and then whatever it was, 21,000 people fished. Uh, the average person kept 19. Mm. If you average sounds it out. Yeah. Right. So that sounded yeah. a lot better. Than, yeah. You know, and they, there are the rules. There's like what head of household gets 25 and then mm-hmm. 10 per member. Mm. I remember, yeah. So, so you know. So are you, people inflating these numbers then? Saying, mm, oh, I got. Well, I, th- uh. I, I think what happens is you get like a head of a household that brings out like four other ho- head of household in their boat. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, say, you know, 25, 25. And then each 10, of them can 10. keep 55. Got it. And then they go out there and they get 180. I've definitely been on a boat that caught 180 fish before, That's and right. it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah but it w- it went to like six families. Mm-hmm. You know, there was six heads yeah. of households like on the boat through the day. Got it. And so, like, I ended up with like 25 fish. Yeah, which that's about what I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what my experiences were when, like, 10 years ago. Let's look at these numbers. Like the Kenai used to just be insane. Um. It? I think Kenai. it's very beneficial for people that don't have time and they just get like one weekend to get it done and they're going to go okay, so and get a, it done. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But like, yeah, I, I like couple, to stretch it out, Yeah, you know? Here's a couple of those years. So like uh, pretty much 10 to like 15. Um, I'm not good at math, but it looks like an average of about 400,000 fish reported Per, per year, so you got like a, you know, 450, 440, 350, 400, 396. Well, it's gone down by half in the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, look at that. You can see. And so that's what I was talking about before the podcast. I was like, man, it's just been really rough these last five years where mm-hmm. you can go and get like 18 fish, which seems like a lot. But when you're with four heads of household and you all split, you know. Yeah five four or five fish between each other it's like ooh, whoop de do you know well, you know i um, guess part of it is is i don't want to see happen like what happened with the clams oh yeah right. because it was the same deal like when we were growing up dude we would have buckets and buckets and buckets of clams and I'm like dude we're we gonna eat clams every day for the whole yeah. year like we need all these clams mom you know like yeah, what's, yeah. and then you, and we're just did, one though. and you see all these people and oh but, yeah but that, that's what it leads to way. you know it yeah. leads to depleting Over harvesting Over yeah. harvesting yeah yeah, yeah, now you can't even do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's the positive side of the dip netting that we experienced was, you know, we grew up going down to the Kenai in the late run and having to stay down there for like half a week. Mm-hmm. To, and, you know, what, my dad would wait until the limit turned to six. And then we'd just catch as many as we could for our house. And our family did eat salmon twice a week like still to this day my dad eats salmon two or three times a week plus he makes smoked salmon and canned and i think he keeps about 30 fish um and it's just him and his wife and right now i talked to him last this last week and he gave me some smoked and it's this year's fish Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i asked him like how his freezer looks and he's like they're all this year's fish so he used all of his fish and that seems super reasonable but so going back to like when i was a kid and there was not dip netting 
we would sit there with tons of other people. We'd take like the boat in that middle section away from everyone. And there's so many people on the river fishing. Um, then dip netting started, you know, we started dip netting, but then I went back to fishing that middle stretch and there's not very many people on the river. So now like if you enjoy fishing, mm -hmm. it's really nice compared to what it would be if all those dip netters were out there trying to harvest with rods. Mm. So I kind of, mm. I'm like, as long as they can manage the numbers and people aren't over harvesting and you, you do hear the crazy stories where they're like catching weight, more fish than they're eating. And it's like freezer burn. That happens too much. Um, but if, as long as they're managing it right. And in terms of like they're eating, they're eating their fish and they're hitting their targets for escapement then it frees up the rest of the river for less pressure. I'm all about that. Less boats on river, less mm. wake. Like there's a lot of like benefits on that side of the table too. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. I, do. I, I just don't really like the experience to me. It wasn't, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I don't think I would enjoy it if I went again and, and you know, to be the guy that's the farthest out there and, you know, hoping to get something in your net. There's not really much skill that you're yeah. doing there. It's just to me personally, it's just not enjoyable. I get it. If that's your day to go harvest, like have attitude, you deserve the fish just as much as anyone else does living here. Mm -hmm. I am curious on how many of these fish get shipped out. Oh mm. yeah. You know, it's a bunch. Yeah. A bunch. So it's, it's, it's a big thing to be in Alaska and then your gift to family and friends is fish or wild meat or yeah. yeah would that be considered subsistence if you're like if you're harvesting mm. it and you're not eating it you're sending it to other people i i'm not sure what the you know the official definition of subsistence is but that doesn't seem like it'd ring the look it up real quick be what the, is the official the, definition you know, of subsistence of subsistence Red it's definitely test. not that subsistence is got to be living from the land to survive yeah, well, it's kind of like the you know the tier one subsistence hunt where it's like this is for your family. Right. You know, you get one. Yep. It's not trophy. There's not how many you can get. You know, it's not this is get the biggest one. This is just get one for you guys to eat. Yep. Okay, you so know? to that exact point, the action or fact of maintaining or supporting oneself at a minimum level. So. The min what's up say but the minimum the income needed for no below that it says the uh, minimum income needed for subsistence. So I'm saying that, that this says it all the action or fact of maintaining or supporting oneself at a minimum level. So yeah. maintaining your fish or you maintaining your subsistence harvest, whether it be fish or caribou or whatever it is in your you're surviving off of that you're using what only you need to ensure that you're maintaining a long supportive supply or resource of whatever it is so that's kind of so so yeah i guess dip knitting there's some subsistence to that but the gray area is where's the over harvest because i i firmly believe i've done it i've been on the boat been the captain of the boat or whatever where we went and got 225 reds yeah for four guys and it's almost it like way, people get in we, a uh like a frenzy Yes. Like, oh, get them. Yes. We got to get more. So I wanted to ask you if you were dipped from a boat. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I have. And that's crazy. When it's good. When it's good. Yeah, I have. I have when it's, yes. It is a frenzy. It's a, dude, it's, it's like, it's like you don't even know like how to, it's like you don't stop until the boat doesn't get on step. And you're like, oh, I think we're done. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. We probably didn't need 
200 fish, you know? Yeah. And did it all go to somebody that enjoyed it and, and consumed it? I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. I know yeah. for a fact it did. I, I, I hand-delivered fish to family and friends, grandparents, aunts, and uncles that otherwise are mm-hmm. not physically able to go and get fish anymore. Yeah. That year, I called all my family and was like, who wants some salmon? Yeah. And they, they gladly took it and enjoyed it. And I got endless photos of... Oh, I smoked this or we grilled that. And it was great. It was, it was yeah. cool, but it was in the moment. It was this uncontrolled chaos of, it was like a high yeah. of like, get him, get it, him, it was like him. every time you dip the net in there, you were like shoveling uh, fish yeah, out of six. the river, uh, yeah. literally. And the, 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 the can filled and overflowed and it was like so full of salmon and then the salmon piled. And then you got one guy, like we got it down to where it was like, okay, Two netters, deckhand, captain. Captain's almost like helping grab the rot, the pole when they're pulling one in. And then the deckhand is keeping up as fast as he can because you got to clip fins. So you're like clipping fins and throwing them in. So you're like doing the legal thing. Mm-hmm. So you're, to count them. You're, you're, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm over here and I got like four fish in the corner. I'm holding while he's clipping fins. And I'm like, okay, these four. And then they got another scoop coming off the left side, four more reds. And it was just like... It was yeah. like an unbelievable high of like chaos and craziness yeah. and slime and scales and just like, oh man, it was just, it was an amazing experience. It was actually one of the funnest things I've ever done until I had to spend two and a half days cleaning fish. Oh, yeah. And no, I was like, brutal. this is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned before that, you know, freezer burn happens. Yep. Like I probably yeah. have four in my right now from last year yeah. that got freezer burned and that I have a good. Burn. I have a good vacuum sealer, yep. you know, so a percentage of the vacuum seals aren't going to stay sealed and you're going to lose those. So you're taking mm-hmm. two bird or you're doing something with them. Um, or, to, or down to the zoo, man. That's yeah. always the best place to take some, your, your yeah. freezer burnt salmon or game meat. You take it to the zoo. They gladly accept clean packaged meat that they can feed to the animals and it supports um, you yeah. know, that cause and saves them a lot of money. So, Well, what's other ways that, because those those weren't around before. Like when we were young, like we would wrap them in newspaper. Like we wouldn't fillet yeah. them. You would just yeah. gut them and dehead them and wrap them wrap up. Wrap them up. Yeah. And I know people that still obviously that yeah. still gets done. Yeah, I, right. And now the vacuum seal game has gotten a lot better. Oh, like yeah. those ones at Costco are bad. Those yeah. are rad. Yeah. I should say. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. those work really well. Yeah, you get that and commercial those grade. rarely, rarely. Yeah. You know. And then you get, go over and get your you know good. Uh, bags from butcher supply Mm -hmm. yeah yeah if you want to do the subsistence if you want to call it that or personally use harvest a service in terms of longevity in the storage process invest in an incredibly high quality vacuum sealer and bags and vacuum seal those things airtight and conserve the fish so that you can eliminate the opportunity for that burn the other thing I've been doing a little bit is I'll cook some sous vide style. So mm-hmm. I'll actually like put a marinade in them and that mm-hmm. seems to really help. With yeah, you were saying well. that. That's a really clever way to do a fish, to vacuum seal the juice in there. So mm-hmm. when it thaws, it's just pop right onto the grill. Like, or sous vide it and cook it in it. Yeah. Know? like Cook it's, it in the bag. Or right in the bag. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, Either that's way. really slick. Yeah, the grill's nice too. Well, uh, I mean, by definition, you weren't doing the subsistence thing when you're like, because that's for oneself, you know? Right, right. That's everything against it. Yeah. Because the subsistence would have been like, hey, there's four of us. We need 
a hundred fish. I know my blue tub holds a hundred fish. Mm-hmm. So when it started overflowing, that's yeah. when you let the fish boil around the boat and you still went away. Yeah. You didn't just keep going because, well, I'm 25 and my wife's 25 or 10 and my daughter's 10 and my other kid's 10. Okay, cool. And then he's got four kids and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I think what, we didn't need to go and do all that. hundred fish would have been fine. Yes. Well, I think going into it, into a year, you should be like, okay, like I've done, like, or you've done, you said you need 30, you know, and I need 25 or whatever. Just know like that's other than that, you're going to be not, once you go to the next year and you still have fish left from the year before. Yeah. Then it's like, you okay. can't go until those get eaten, you know? Yeah. And people do. Yeah. Oh man. People dump those freezers out and take those fish right down to the zoo, which is cool, which is good. It's not meant to be for that, but that's definitely a good way to recycle and use the fish for a good cause. But I, I know people, I'm not going to say any names, but I know a lot of people that pull 18 to 30 fish out of the freezer every single year yeah. that are no good anymore and they go get more. So, so I think a good positive turn on that is find out what it is that your family needs. Yeah. Absolutely. How many are you going to really mm-hmm. eat? You yeah. know, how many do you, you eat twice away? a week? Do you eat once a week? Do you really kind of get sick of it after yeah. December? Oh, man. You know, I think most of us do. And just really. get that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that that getting sick in December thing is really interesting because we all kind of grew up eating, you know, the same stuff, like the same filet with like the mayonnaise or what, you know, or uh, lemon pepper or whatever. And, you know, it's good sometimes, but there's just, and I I guess we'll get to it in, in a little bit when we get into the prep, but there's so many different ways to prepare it. And I think that really helps you get through it faster if, if you're on, you know, on your game while you're processing, running, you know, your, your marinades for your smoker or, um, you know, getting your cans ready or jars ready and doing all these other things, making salmon patties up front while you're harvesting. Salmon patties. And, th- and then suddenly, I mean, if it's me like that pulling salmon out of a jar versus smoked salmon versus filet, um, and there's a countless other ways, are all completely different. And so I don't get sick of it then if, if I'm on my game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before we jump into the, um, I had one more thing about like this subsistence thing. So for me, um, it, when you harvest an animal and we're looking at like, okay, we're harvesting it to, you know, hit, hit them the minimum threshold of what our family needs to survive. Or, I mean, we don't really need it to survive, but we no. do rely on it here in Alaska. Um, what's happening to the other parts that like either like culturally or like within your family you don't use. So there's like the row, there's the fish heads, there's other components that like my family may or may not value that other families do value. Mm. And I really wish there was a program out there to connect and like maybe like, and not quite forced, but, but push people to make sure that, the products that you think are waste go to people that really would desire them. Yeah. So I'm not like the about fish like heads, fish heads and Big row. Time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was, when we were down at the bait shack the other day and there was a lady that was just going by cause people were cleaning fish, throwing them away. And she's like, I'll take them. Yep. 
and and mm-hmm. in our culture, like we were never allowed to throw it. Like my mom was like, "You better bring the heads home. I want all the heads because they make the soup, right? You know all mm-hmm. that." And, and there's many a lot- cultures use the heads as soup, and it is awesome. By yeah. the way, that would be really cool to have a program where if you choose to save your heads, you can take it to wherever. Yeah, and then a family can come grab them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. when they're properly cared for and it's clean and sanitary and all that, right? Yeah, good idea. Mm-hmm. And especially like when we're looking at you know what what those numbers were 400,000 fish. So out of that, like how many 300,000 fish heads get thrown away, you know, all this salmon row gets thrown away. Um, I mean, I've had salmon row caviar. That's excellent. Same here. Um, that is good. You know, fish head stew for sure. There's just all these other options. It's, it's, I think, I think it's uh, a forgotten part of like the subsistence process that we're, we should be using as much as the animal as we can. Yeah. Cause that's what the, the original, you know, subsistence um, users did. They used every bit of that. That's fish. right. That's right. Yeah, we you did. Know, down Growing to the, down, up, to, the, down to the fish bones. I mean, you used them for something. Yeah. So that's that's when um, it made sense to to right. my family to do that, and we did that. You know, in yeah. the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we did. Um, but I don't know. It's it's different now, man. It's different because I different. know there's a lot of people like they don't really like salmon that much and they go and dip all bunch of fish but they'll smoke them and they enjoy smoked salmon Mm -hmm. i think that's probably the most popular way for most non-fish eaters to enjoy salmon yeah because i think we've all said that before like salmon is a equivalent to like a gamey flavor on on in on fish I personally love it, but I think to oh, just... Oh, compared to some other like If you're fish. not a fish eater and you tried some salmon, it might not actually be... The best fish to start off with. The best start off with, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit... It's a. It's like the sushi thing. You don't start off with yeah. the unagi. Yeah. You know, you but, start with California roll or whatever. And you but I would say... Salmon skin roll. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, yeah. <laughs> I would say to the credit of, you know, mass um, harvest... Is that I know personally a lot of people that, like, I'm sure, like, Mr. Lau, John Lau, is probably a supreme smoker. I've got uncles and grandpas and friends, some old timers that just make just the most fire smoked right. salmon. And, and you can do a lot of fish and then store it for a long time. And I, I do think that there's a lot of guys that, that that's like a hobby and it's fun and it's like, they harvest all that fish to smoke it all up and can it all up and spend all that time and money just to keep six fish worth of cans in a little box in their pantry when they give all the rest to their mm-hmm. friends and family because they love to share that passion of that yeah. preparation. But they don't want to share creation. the recipe, though. No. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. That's secretive. Like, I think people would eat more if yeah. they knew the way that your dad does well, it the I way your uncle does it. Well, I wanted to say to, like, you know, our, our like, market i guess for it in alaska or in anchorage like the big box stores they all have all that equipment so like the general guy can just go to cabela's or walmart or whatever and buy the smoker and the the pressure cooker and mm-hmm. the jars and i really feel like in my heart i want to believe that there's this like massive amount of people that are taking all these massive harvests and then they're keeping them and smoking them and doing this cool thing and then and then it's still going to good or it's being stored for a while. Cause there's like a really cool longevity to that process and making it last longer. And and so maybe there's a year where you go get 40 fish for your family, but then the next year you 
strike out or you don't have time and then hey cool man you got all those fish two years ago it's still good in the in the pantry right smoke so i guess i'm just trying to spin a positive on it and i and i think it's more popular now than it was in the 80s and 90s and i know there was guys that did smokes and stuff but i think just more guys or more people that are harvesting salmon do it because of the resources of the equipment are more available Mm -hmm. and therefore i feel like all these fish are going yeah to good use i guess i i I'd like Don't to, get me wrong. Yeah. A lot of it, a majority of it, probably is. Yeah. I mean, I've been you a know, part of um, canning days at Thompson's, and it's just like two days of just straight canning it's all a this stuff. Party. Yeah. It's a yeah. canning party. And and you it's got the whole thing. Yeah. Four pots going, and all yeah. these jars and mm-hmm. setups, and everyone's trying to do different recipes and labeling, and it's a whole team, and it's right. awesome, and it's mm-hmm. fun, and everyone's going to eat that. Yeah. You know oh I mean? yeah. And Everyone that participated gets some. And it's mm-hmm. good for the kids. Like they're they're part of like catching it and then preparing it, you know. And it, it just leads to you know they understand where their food comes from. They understand mm-hmm. why it's important to us to, to to harvest our own food and the work it takes. So it's like you don't leave it on the table. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the best. Yeah, you don't want to be showing waste. You know, like definitely not. But there's, I think we should get people to share more. Like the recipes. Yeah. No, you know, because be awesome. if I knew more cool ways to cook salmon or to smoke salmon or whatever, like, yeah. dude, I would try it. I would do it. And why is it a secret? <laughs> we'll get into some today. <laughs> it's all good, too. It's like, why is it? <laughs> like, can I have, can, I'm yeah. not going to take your salmon. I'm just going to take the same things you go buy at the store and make <laughs> yeah. it like you do. Like, yeah. you should be proud of it. Well, right? and you really aren't going to duplicate somebody else's like 30 year repetitive recipe to the T. Yeah. You know, like my aunt claims that she does my Uncle Don's smoke. And it's like, nah, it's really good. Yeah. But it ain't Uncle D's. Like his is its own thing. Like it's his little sprinkle of timing or whatever the hell he does a little bit different. Yeah. That makes it like. Well, to that point, a lot of time there's not an actual recipe. Like your mom, which she was, uh, my mom was asking your mom how she makes her. uh, what was the drink that she makes in the, the morning? Bloody Mary. The bloody, her Bloody Mary, and she's like, uh, I don't know. I just kind of like do this, do it, this, do this, do that. Dash of this. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I get that that some of them don't, but some guys like they have their yeah. recipe that they do. And it was like what Adam Markham said when he came on the sh- uh, the show. He was like, I'll share any recipe I have with you. Cooking's an art. Yeah, it, you, you're not going to nail it if you just follow the recipe. No, no, you got to like throw a twist on it or whatever. But um. No, man, I, there's a lot, I mean, we can go on for hours on that topic and we'll keep moving because we're talking about the harvest and everything. But, uh, no, I, I, the, the, the dip netting thing is like, I would love to take you out on my boat and go dip netting. I got the nets. I got the, the, the tote. I put the ice in the bottom. I got a cooler beer for the, you know, I, I run the boat. So I just, I keep it, I keep it G, but you know, everybody else is, you know, having some cold ones and some laughs and, and it's just like a good time and 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 it's an adventure and we get out there and we have jokes and you watch the other boats and you watch the the guy get stuck on the low tide on the sandbar and he's you know what i mean he's the joke and you got the commercial fishing guys and all the cool boats and i mean it's just a really cool part of that that yeah well it's just a different culture it's a different thing you know that like we kind of steered away from as our family did it a couple times Mm -hmm. and then we just went more towards like river fishing like actually you know, I prefer to spot, like I prefer yeah. to spot fish and yeah. see it like that. I love that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so fun. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of pride when I pull that salmon out and I'm going to eat it. I'm like, man, 
I actually nailed it. When I got this one, or like I, the cool tip I gave before, you know, we put whoever caught the fish, his name, yeah, oh, yeah. on cool. on it. So like Mateo, That's the three he got cool. yesterday and the day before. His name is going to be on it, like yeah. the date and when he got it. And that's so when we pulled out, he's like, oh, I remember that. And you can even show him a picture. You yeah. Know, like, oh, we had it. Yeah. That's really cool. You're not getting that. Getting yeah. That in. yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's a really cool idea. I've never thought about that. And that's if you want to get your kids excited about harvesting stuff. Yeah. Or even like, eating it because, you know, a lot of kids don't like salmon, you know, not at, at first. first. And not then, at but first, if yeah. it's like, hey, you cut this, like you have some. Like, yeah. How like, do you want to mm, cook this? This is so good because I <laughs> yeah. caught it. <laughs> <laughs> Just choking it down. <laughs> well, we're talking about the culture. Uh, let's let's get into the Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because, honestly, there's always something on deck. And, guys, listen, this is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever your value or budget affords while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them thus far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with respect you deserve. Hit them up at the Treehouse ak.com you must be 21 years of age to enter the store also a shout out to uh tailored restoration 24-hour emergency services helping alaskans restore their dreams since 1972 services include fire water mold damage post-emergency cleaning remodeling and the aftermath i bet they would definitely come and help you out if that freezer goes out which happens, and your whole house smells, and all that stuff melts and drains. Ooh, boy. Oh, anyway, so including... Uh, I'm going to hold that thought. Including <laughs> freezers that go bad, burst yeah, pipes, brutal. overflowing toilets, downed trees, fires, pet accidents, and vandalism. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you anytime, day or night. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Yeah, man, that's like a huge fear that I have, is that freezer... They make alarms. You know yeah, that? I mean, I'm talking about when you're like out of town. Oh, and yeah. And there ain't no like getting to the alarm. It's like. Yeah. What's the go- alarm? They make an alarm so that if it goes out, it beep, beep, it won't stop beeping. Oh. So that someone knows that some, it's off. It plugs in like between the freezer and the wall. Yep. Ooh, I need yeah. one of those. But I, just mm-hmm. thinking about that, like, why don't they have it where you get a signal on your phone? Yeah. I was going to say, like an app? app. There probably is one. Yeah. That the freezer I bet there app. Is one. If there is one, we need to. Oh, shit. We just. We spoiled it. Yep. Now somebody Freezer else can be a millionaire. Yeah. Last we'll buy it. Last year going into I have a detached garage, I found my freezer defrosting, but I think I caught it within like Oof. the first uh, day. Yeah. Like everything was solid, frozen still. Um, it was just like I heard the hum wasn't there. Yeah. When I walked in, it just I knew something was wrong. Just got too quiet. super lucky. Some of the newer ones have like a little light. Like mine has like a little green light that's uh-huh. constantly flashing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like, is that this thing on? This thing yeah. On? Can I hear the cooler kick on? Yeah. Yeah. Make sure it's going. All right. I'm going to give a shout out to Serrano's Mexican Grill. This is my personal favorite for a go-to um, or go-to for authentic Mexican food. On Canyon Day at Double Shovel, that's what we get. We get the Serrano's burritos. I also like to get those uh, shrimp um, street tacos. Super delicious. It's Anchorage's own new generation of casino. Recipes are all inspired by their rich heritage and family know-how. All ingredients are made in-house. They have a new tequila bar, which has the mescalita, which is my personal favorite. Two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. 
follow their food truck location on Instagram, and you can check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. Nice. Mm-hmm. How before we get into the uh, what we do when we actually get these salmon? I mean, we can mm. walk through like like what I do with different salmon, what you do, what you do, and maybe some other ones. Let's. You have a trivia. We didn't do. We oh, kind of yeah. skipped the trivia the last yeah. few times, yeah. actually. So, and I know people were are digging the Jack's trivia. No, it's good. I I was surprised when we we're editing the podcast because you know, as a lot of people know about our podcast our friends and stuff like we're just rolling with this thing we we got a loose script but we go with it and sometimes we get so caught up in thought or or conversation and and conversations that are before the podcast and after the podcast that we're like oh damn we forgot one of the parts of the show we wanted to do and yeah and that's just part of this um the complexity i think of what this is that folks don't really you know really know about but so sorry to the listeners we didn't mean to miss miss out on the trivia we're just we're just uh, we're in it, so sometimes I forget. <laughs> Full running gun right yeah. now, summertime. <laughs> On All fumes. right, yeah, let's do it. So, uh, you know, the, for these like red salmon subsistence and commercial fisheries around um, the South Central, we have the Copper River drainage and we have the Kenai River drainage. Which one of those two drainages has um, a greater, more population for the steelhead run, or not steelhead uh, sockeye run? For sockeye, yeah, copper. Which one or has more sockeye? Wow. I could, um, I could cheat and just like. No. No, no, I'm kidding. I, I, uh, off the gate, I th- I th- I think copper. Same here. Even same though here. a lot of times us Anchorage folks stick to the Kenai, a lot of people do go up there, but that's the one we mostly utilize. But I I I think it's copper. Yeah, I feel like it's the copper, but I think it's the Kenai because I don't know that the copper pushes two and a half million sockeye through it a year. But, Jack, what's up? Yeah, the Kenai is about double. The Kenai is double. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. Cop- copper run the last two years, have been, last year was 530,000, which is a super low year, and the year before was uh, a million. But the copper is more, like, famous. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I More prize. They think it's better. Why? I think the fat content, I believe. Is that what it is? You know, That's they a go, fact. They make a, a, a further fact. run. Oh. Yeah. No, that is a fact. I mean, I've watched my uncle smoke Kenai and Copper Red side by side mm-hmm. multiple times. Okay. And be like, look, nephew, look at the way this fat juice rises up and then mm. and then the end, and he, he, he cooks it. He does it exactly the same, and then he pulls the fish out from the year before out of a can and then he takes a fork and he peels it open and he'll just break it down and be like man there's just no doubting that the the, that copper river red and i think there's just a little extra flavor there with Mm. that okay i mean i personally can't say i'm like oh my god this is like night and day versus kenai you know it's still delicious fresh wild salmon i mean but all right so I, t- I totally agree. Uh, but the Kenai River Reds are still delicious. No doubt. So, uh, and the bigger. I mean, bigger? that's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, they are bigger. Yeah, they just harvest more The meat. late run. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the copper's more like the Russian River. Got it. Um, okay, so which river in Alaska has the biggest red salmon run? And this river broke the record in 2018. Its own personal record. Hmm. The the um, Casila? Oh, no, I want to say the Nash the Nash good that goes into Bristol Bay. 
Is it that one? Copper River? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Kenai. Yeah. That's my answer. Yeah, that, I think Kenai. Like a Bristol Bay drainage. Nushigak. Nushigak. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Nushigak is... And in 2018, what number did it have? Oh, it is the it is the Michigan. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. I actually got one for once. I wish we had the the hype horn on the know, button, man. <laughs> Didn't you win that hat once? Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay, like hold on. The very first okay, one. <laughs> this hat I'm actually wearing right now. Yeah. I did. Okay, yeah. okay, that was the second one. For real though, we need to get the horn. Okay, I'll, I'll we need to get the hype horn. I know it's played out on podcasts and shit, but. For this trivia banger, when we actually get one, okay, we need that. We need maybe that we should point. have like a like a caribou call or like a like a or mm. like all three of us open a oh, can a or idea. like a ptarmigan. Okay, that something a little more original. Yeah, some Alaskan. You know? <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or how about one of my just ridiculously obnoxious cow calls? <laughs> <laughs> People will be listening to it and just turn it down. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> You do got a crazy cow call. Have you heard of this guy's cow uh, call, man? Let's hear it. He like contorts his body and everything. Like he can't. I guarantee you can't do it sitting well, down. I'm I think I get a cramp in my shoulder blade. <laughs> no more trivia until we hear this thing. Oh, You're gonna have you to stand up, me? dude. You got, okay, I do, here it is. I, I gotta like get the full. I will. And then we'll record it afterwards on the button okay. so that we can okay. play it. But you're gonna All have to stand up. I know well, you're gonna. It's funny because there's gonna be like a hundred different like hunting guys. I'm like, well, that guy's calls bullshit. Calling it nothing but a. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. There's always haters, man. Yeah, those sourdoughs. This dude yeah. said. This dude said on the shout out to this hater yeah. on the YouTube that I send you that. Uh, which one? It's like, I just spent an hour and a half of my life on this. You should delete this. <laughs> I can't believe I spent a whole hour and a half watching this. Oh, and I was the, like, the, you spent a whole hour and a half watching this, like, and you and, the, and the you had took even video, more right? time to right. comment and yeah. like direct a hater reply like dude you could have cut it off anytime we're not forcing you yeah so just like, sat there just like really. i hate this so much i can't, I stop, can't watching. stop watching <laughs> <laughs> i hate these the guy's face and uh, voice and guys suck are they even gonna kill a ram i mean who even puts a video of that <laughs> i laughed at that i was like come on dude yeah that was for I mean, the the brooks range yeah oh yeah. man that video is awesome yeah i mean it's it's a real well, that's why I put the word experience in there. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Not like, like we oh. killed the ram 2020. I yeah. didn't see anything die. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh no, we got four rams. Well, that's like, not oh, what okay. it's about, buddy. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> all right, so this is right, Brandon's. This is, this is ridiculous. Man, okay. Can you get him, see him on the video? Okay, yeah, oh, all right, good, good, good. Put this down. If you want to see this action, just go to our YouTube video <laughs> and about the 58th minute is where we're at. And we're going to see yeah, full C's up on the right shoulder, maybe. Let's <laughs> get some weird nerve cramp or something. You might want to back right. up, though. Yeah, all right. Or, or all right. like, might be too loud. Yeah. Just, so get just don't oh, be yeah, all, all like, not so, like, on the mic Yeah, with yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Because right. we can hear it from back there, too. It might even sound <laughs> All right. So we're some we're 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 a uh, a big bull on the other side. Oh yeah, you get this. You flare this thing out. You start getting horns swaying back and forth, and you get grunts going. Oh, you get it going on. All right, so I'm gonna do this thing. It's kind of ridiculous, but it does work for the record. I showed you all those pictures of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying back off the mic. Like, don't go into the mic. It's gonna be so loud. Like, okay, it is too loud. Okay. Starts I'll, I'll turn you down here too if it gets. You gotta too, plug, so just, you, you gotta plug the nostrils. That's number one. You gotta get the, the pole. Okay, you ready? 
I didn't know that this podcast was going to go to this uh, angle. Well, you never know. All right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> she's ready, dude. Dude, she just Whoa, sound like she dude. just flared up. Like breaking in the studio, bro. Holy cow! Table. Ball knocking on the door down there. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Man, my uncle Don taught me that. Uh, I rest thought you were going to right there, bud. Rest in peace, Uncle Don, man. All oh, my cousins sent me the coolest video. He he passed away a couple years back, and they they got his headstone back. And we we're talking about commercial fishing and. They put his uh, they put his boat on the tombstone, oh, that's cool. on on top of the oh Dick- like a etch of, of it. Dickinson. Yeah, I'll oh, show you guys a picture cool. of it. It's just badass. But yeah. no, I mean I I kept playing with like this isn't even the podcast about cow call. We'll just get this through real quick. But I was just trying to figure it out, and then my cousin does a pretty good call too, um, which you learned from my uncle. But it just doesn't have enough noise. Like it's quiet. It's a great call. If a moose is close, it's a great okay, call. Okay, it doesn't have the range. Mine is like, I'm trying to call one out like five miles across the meadow. Got it. So I get the bull magnet out and with this, like the megaphone. You guys yeah. seen that thing? And just, you know, get that whole thing going. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just is, uh, I don't know. If you go like bull magnet, not the um, birch roll up? Yeah, bull magnet. I yeah, love that thing. Yeah, I have thing. the bull magnet yeah. as well. Yeah, you know and, then, about, and right? then I tape it up. I tape it up so it's not so like dong dong yeah, like hollow sounding. When you're walking oh, okay. as well. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, it's the worst. It's That's actually why shit. I put it in my backpack. I don't actually carry it free. Yeah. I just, oh, I mean, unless I'm like in the walking and calling, it's a different story. But anyway, when we walk so, and call, I don't bring in the magnet. I only use the magnet from like way up on mm-hmm. the spotting hill or at camp. You know what else is badass? Is it you can put it up to your ear and listen, and it yeah. like mm-hmm. funnels noise in. So if mm-hmm. you got like a bull that's scraping off in the distance or yeah. just making a faint. Ooh, ooh. it's just like yeah. way out there you can just it's yeah, cool to do when you're on there. those float hunts because that thing just echoes oh, down, yeah. down the river dude <laughs> yeah. yeah dude exactly. and every little thing that's you got to be really quiet dude when you're on those because like even the oar just like tsh, tsh, that just like echoes down the river dude did that just sound ridiculous that was crazy i can't wait to hear it again i know i'll have to hear it before we make sure i don't have to edit it out <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if that's as cool as the hype horn for the trivia <laughs> achievement, but well, maybe we just do like a, like a little like short a, version yeah. of it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Why you do your face like that? <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta contort your face to make the sound. <laughs> it's, like a, <laughs> it's a struggle. <laughs> uh, but no, man. Rest in peace, Uncle Don. Man, he he. Spent many a nights in the cabin at Lake Louise drinking, you know, cold Bud Lights. and, and uh, Did he was, coach you up? Like, oh, oh, he was just, oh, yeah. He was like, here's how you do it. And you get get deep here. And then, and like, I would just to kind of do, like, one, like, Meh. and there's probably, like, 100,000 guides that can get on here and be like, this is how you do it. And this is what it sounds like. Yeah, and you course. hear everybody's different variation. They're all kind of similar. Yeah. But. I don't know, man. We've got it's all that whining. Yeah, the the different tones as it like goes up and down, and it, and I try to make it sound as if like the wind is catching it and like uh, yeah, blowing it out like or whatever, or, or or maybe the maybe the the 
the cow has like uh like some wind and the trees are like swaying back and forth. So it's sound is kind of like blocked and then open and gotcha. blocked and open. I, I mean, I'm probably way overthinking it, but <laughs> if you just think about a cow, if you ever seen one call, which you don't actually see yeah. or even hear naturally that often, yeah. um, they don't sound like that. They just don't. But for some reason, it bulls works. like that yeah. ridiculous thing. And, and whenever I do one of those calls on the end, I always have to like when you go to the end, you're like, nah. I always have to add up. Oh, like, a, like, a, like I don't know why I just yeah, like just have to. There's like a little something. tick or something like that. Uh-huh. I just have to just add that last little <laughs> piece. <laughs> My kids love it. They're like waiting for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> just smiling at you the whole time you're doing it. Yeah, and I love to let but, the kids try to do it, and they go yeah. out there and do it, and like you'll see a moose in the winter in the yard or. Oh, they'll just go bust a call out on it. Yeah. I actually, I mean, it's one of my favorite things to do. I have like a full process from, you know, sun up and, you know, hunt for 45 minutes. And then I'll go do a session for 15 minutes in three different spots. And then I'll come back and then I'll go back out three hours later and I'll do it again. And I'll go over to another spot 600 yards from where I'm glassing and go do that. And, you know, everybody's got their own system, but there's just a really cool, fun you know, you get into a hole and it's like, this isn't going to come in the first hour and it does happen, but yeah. it's a long game approach. It's like, I'm looking to get that moose in here like three or four days from now that I can't even see. And I'm just going to be chilling up here. And then all of a sudden he's going to pop out. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, and he's grunting. If they pop out grunting. They're not just grunting because they feel like it. They're grunting because they're trying to find what they heard two or three days ago that might yeah. still be up there playing around. So I don't know. It's worked a lot of times. Got a lot of, Antlers in the backyard to support the theory, so it's keep it up. Yeah, man, it's fun. So we got way off topic. We did. We did. Were you done with the um, <laughs> trivia too? That was a, oh, we were gonna, it down? How many uh, in two thousand? What did I say? Two thousand eighteen. Yeah, two thousand eighteen. The New Shigak broke a record. Oh yeah. How many fish came in the river that year? Um, I don't even know what the like previous record was. So one point eight go into the Kenai every year. Okay. How many do you think? Oh, uh, two point four. Mm. Mm-hmm. Two point well, seven. Twenty four point one million. Jeez. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. So this is like the fishery, you know, in Bristol oh, Bay fishery. Oh, okay. So the total fishery. What, what year did it break Bristol, the record? Two thousand eighteen, and the total okay. fishery that year had sixty two million. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's, you know, Pebble Mayan area. Yeah. Yeah, that's, oh, my God. I'm glad you brought that up. And and I think that was the year, if I remember, um, my wife's cousin, I think, was up there doing his fishing thing. You met Little Richard that one day. Little Richard? Well, there's Richard, his dad, and... yeah. Yeah, he's a little Richard. I have not sorry, met a little Richard. Sorry, sorry, Richard. <laughs> sorry about that. Buddy. He's probably like, man, I'm like 30 now. <laughs> I'm little not Richard. little Richard anymore. Um, no, he's a good, he's a good dude. But I want to say that the, I might have been because of the heat the year before or whatever, that there was fish like dumping out of the lake. Mm. Like there was so much fish that went up that they just yeah. died and then washed out, and a lot of them didn't even spawn and. I'm not sure what all the yeah. information technically is on that, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not no expert on Bristol Bay, and I know that's a sensitive subject, and there's a lot of yeah, different we'll have to bring debates. We're no, no, we we will, we will have to 
talk to people that are educated on the subject. I'm by no means um, up to date and or have like a major opinion. I would say though that <laughs> obviously there's no denying there's a lot of salmon that go up there, and that's pretty important. So yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, you know. So. Um, let's uh, let's transition this kind of back um, to the harvest, and I think wh- I think what it would be cool if you guys agree. Um, I'm just going to kind of walk through the salmon that I get through the year, what I do with the salmon and how I process that salmon and then, and not, not really how I eat the salmon. I mean, there's different ways, but just basically what my process is throughout the year. And then maybe you can go through yours and you can go through yours and just do what we yeah. do. Um, Cause I don't do the dip netting. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, like I said earlier, I like to get some Kings and normally it's winter Kings. I found that those are easier to get. You know, those are consistent. We've been consistently going to the Homer Winter King Derby, and sometimes we've been going in October. Um, so I'm counting on on those, but those don't ever get frozen. Like those Winter Kings, yeah, we come home and we eat that salmon, and that's like one of the weeks or two weeks of the year that, you know, we're eating, we're eating a lot of fresh salmon. Yeah. Um, so, so that's one of the trips that I do, and so that gets eaten right away. And then it goes, jumps right into uh, the first run. And I do a lot of rafting. I will try to go fish on the upper Kenai and try to pull three to ten of those out of there. And I'll eat a couple fresh ones. I'll give, like, my mother-in-law a fresh one or whatever. And then I have um, a Cabela's vacuum seal or that works really good. It's I think it's a lot better than the Costco food saver. I had one of those for a long time. Those go bad. Sometimes the seal doesn't say. I've had zero issues with the Cabela's uh, Pro model. Is it more like commercial grade? It actually says commercial grade on it, mm-hmm. but it's not like the expensive. Like I think the one at Costco is like a thousand bucks. The new one is six hundred. Okay, they nice. switch brands. Okay, and it, but it's that style where it's the um, the dome. the void. Mm, you know, yeah. is vacuum sealed. Yeah, or put in a vacuum, not the bag. Yeah. So oh, I go okay. and I I go to the butcher supply there on on Mountain mm-hmm. View, and they sell the bags that are already the length of a salmon. So, you know, they're like three, you know, two and a half to three feet or whatever they are. And they're the width too. So that when you fillet the salmon, you can stick the whole fillet in there flat and vacuum seal it in a high quality bag. And that Cabela's thing, that's what I use. That's what I have. I think that costs like just under 300 bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been working great so far. Um, So I will vacuum seal those. And one thing that I do when I put, when I, before I even bring the fish home, like I like to do all the work on the river, I will clean that fish out all the way i'll trim all the little the little rib bones and all the little blood and all that so so once it goes in the ziploc bag and it gets home it's whatever we're not going to eat it literally goes vacuum sealed right there with the date who caught it the name into the freezer yeah so i'll get a bunch i'll get some of those and then we like to walk the russian which we just did um the last two days and we got six out of there i gave a couple to my parents so we'll get some of those um and then from there, I like to uh, get some silvers. Um, in the past, I was going with my father-in-law to Seward and getting some of those silvers out of there, those chromers, which is amazing. Um, you get a limit of six, too. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can really stock those up. Yeah, so I'll go and get, realistically, you know, five to ten of those um, mm-hmm. out of Seward for number, the silvers. Yeah. Or I'll even go back to um, the Russian River, Kenai, or in the middle there and get some silvers there as well. Um, and then silvers are everywhere. Yeah. And, and the silver, and then, then we've been floating also the middle too, and getting some of those, that mm-hmm. second run yeah, reds. of fish there too. Yeah. 
And so I will take those home and I bring them ready to go, vacuum sealed, in the freezer, dated, and I'm set for the year. I think that's that's all the fish that I get is yeah. pretty much those those two rivers. I, I don't really hit the Kasilaf a lot. Um, I don't do any a lot of these. I don't go to the Copper. I don't. I have gone to the Clatina and stuff like that before. It's just kind of far for Anchorage boys yeah. to head out that way. I know a lot of people that do do that. Um, it's kind of a mission. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Fairbanks kind of a interior fishery for most of those guys. Yeah, totally. I think mm-hmm. f- from my my personal preference, um, I like kings a lot. Um, so we usually try to get some kings. I didn't get any kings this year. Um, but definitely my favorite eating fish, and it doesn't stay mm-hmm. in the, the freezer very long if it does get frozen. Um, you know, the bellies are bomb for smoking. Um, get through that king, and then uh, usually the early season um, Russian, you know, we go out there. Um, try to get those camp spots. We've talked about that before. And those fish usually get eaten at, at the house pretty quick. So those don't really end up in the freezer, um, maybe like for a week or two kind of thing, or they get um, processed into other things. Um, and then uh, my favorite red fishing is definitely the middle river after it's six, uh, six a day, 12 in possession, spend two days out there, try to get 12 fish. Um, if that happens, then I don't really take any dip netting fish. But if um, that doesn't happen, or minimal dip netting fish, uh, one of the members of my household goes uh, dip netting, and then I usually will try to keep um, twenty five fish uh, for the family. Um, it, but they don't all just go in the freezer. Um, that day we make salmon patties. So with the fresh, uh, yeah, with the fresh in a mm-hmm. meat in a meat grinder versus the other style of uh, cooking place first and then uh um my favorite way to eat salmon is um jarred so with some spice in it so that's something i've been trying to be better at making them early Mm. but typically i make the jarred over the winter so it's like i'm pulling them out in november december Mm, um i I posted uh a couple times where i jarred this spring on my instagram but um you know as I run out, I read, I read jar them. So I finally kind of almost run out of last year's fish. Um, usually I'd be out of it by now and I'm going to smoke the rest of it. Um, but I need to be better at like what we're talking about earlier is the day that, you know, the day that we harvest it and you're out there filleting it, you know, um, decide like which ones of those fish you're actually going to blacken and sear. So take the skin off those ones right then. And then, um, which ones are going to go in the jar, take those skins off there and start jarring right then. Um, and then start your brines that day for some smoked salmon uh, and that kind of thing. I need to get better at that front end loading of s- separating the, the styles of how you'll prepare it. Um, but th- those are like the main styles I like. So um, in terms of like when I get the fish, like especially on the um, dip netting, um, they come to my house and the first thing I do is I have them in a cooler with ice and then I pour a bunch of vinegar in the cooler and that breaks down all the slime and it helps the scales just come right off. So that slime adds like uh, the fishy taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- my goal is, you know, I pull out that vac- vacuum sealed frozen fish in a month, in 12 months 
Um, like I could like lick the bag and it's not gross. Like mm. that, I don't do that, but that would be my goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like you smell it, yeah, it's not nasty, bag, yeah. you know? Um, and if you get all the scales off, so this vinegar works really good to get the slime and get the seals, the scales to start coming off, but then we'll lay them all out in the yard and take a uh, pressure washer, wash them all down. All the scales and slime are gone. Now it feels like a hooligan. It's grippy. Mm. You, it gives you the opportunity to make perfect fillets. Your fillet table's not getting nasty. Um, and then there gets into the style of like how you like to fillet. Do you fillet from the belly or the back, the front, you know, the back? There's there um, the the tail. There's a bunch of different methods there, <clears throat> and I switch it up based on what I'm going to do with it. Mm. Um, so um, after I'm done with that, then I. If I leave the skin on, um, I'll make the fillet. Then I'll cut the fillet through the the center um, from top to bottom, right in the middle. Um, and then, f- but not cut the skin. And then I'll fold it, and then it fits in like a smaller freezer bag. Okay. And then that way, um, the skin's touching skin, even if if it has any leftover slime or whatever on it. Um, it never touches the meat. And then I use one of those chamber vacuum sealers to seal it up. Um, I also um, try to, you know, add some ingredients for the ones I'm going to sous vide and keep them separate. So like some honey teriyaki from um, Shaggy or just whatever you can do, dry rubs too. Um, And then after I'm done sous vide those, I put them on the grill for a second or sear them either way. Um, Quick question. Um, as you're proceeding with your process, uh, you said the jarring, which is awesome. And I need to get one of those. I've only been to like jarring things. I've never really done it just on my own at my house. Um, do you like jar for an extended period of time? It kind of sounded like you just pull out and just jar like a few, like when you want to do it. Yeah. What my jarring. So we share the jar, the pressure cooker between my dad and Jerry and I. And so it just gets passed around. Um, I believe mine ha- fits eight jars per row or per level, mm-hmm. and it does two levels of the big jars I use. So, so it's a tall one. So yeah, like 16, 16, 16 pints basically. Yeah, is what you're 16 talking about. pints at a time. Well, okay. they sell them at Costco too. Is that a legit one? The one I haven't that they sell seen at that Costco? one. Like, there's one time of the year when they sell those jars that are the, the yeah, pressure cookers my mom has one and it's pretty good i was just at um ace hardware yesterday just browsing around i was looking for um a like a better fire pit for just the backyard and they got kind of some cool unique shit other than like a home depot or something like that mm-hmm. and they had a whole stock of did the different size small medium and large canning pressure cookers you should go check it out okay they, they well. had a really good they had all the jars i mean if you're going to like a big box store and you can't find anything they I just wonder which it one's was, better because really I remember cool. when we were at the party, like some of them were working a lot better, and I just overheard them saying, yeah, oh, "Some this seal one, better than others." This one's better, others. less less get unsealed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ours is from yeah. like 1986, yeah, 88, yeah, probably made 88. It, made it you good. Know? Yeah, um, I I don't heavy I duty. Think it does like my mom had to say, "It's heavy duty." <laughs> it's heavy duty, but uh, <laughs> it leaks for sure. I mean, Costco's right. well, pretty legit. Well, the seal's legit. probably just gotten yeah. worn out, man. I mean, that's yeah. a lot. That's a, it's probably canned a few. It's warped few, a little bit is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, probably, yeah. It's, it's probably got hot and cooled down a few times. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I also made a mistake. So usually I um, 
do it outside. Uh, but we moved, we moved my turkey fryer somewhere else, um, not on my property. And um, so I used the like big mega instant boil feature on my stove, which I never use. And when I turned it down, you know, you boil it and then you have to turn it lower. Mm-hmm. You got to keep mm-hmm. you know, keep it at a certain pressure and temperature. When I did it was so low that it wasn't getting a complete burn and it set off all, set off all the carbon monoxide um, mm. oh, alarms, wow. in my, alarms in my house. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, so I won't be doing it on that again. Um, and anyway. It's worth a try. Yeah, I feel like if you can throw that thing out in the driveway or your porch. I've only seen it done outside. People do that in the house. We always yeah, did my it uncle in the house does it growing in the house, up. Man. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like two yeah. or three day process between the smoking, brining, smoking, canning, right? It's like a three day thing kind of in a way. Yeah, I mean, the way that I can, um, I don't can smoke salmon. Oh, you don't? Oh, um, so we, ju- we There's just... There's an art fr- to that, too, by the way. I bet. We just, fr- you know, fr- uh, vacuum seal it, and it, it seems to hold up really well. Yeah, that's that's solid. Uh, um, you, you know, you just get usually get a clean seal. Um, but for for mine, like, I just make it right there, and it, and it as it's, like, boiling in the jar, it's, it's cooking the fish, of course, mm-hmm. but it's also flavoring it, and then it stays in the flavor, so... I just, you know, thaw fish the night before. Then that day I cut, you know, my little slabs that fit in each one. I pack them like two thirds full. I put um, the liquid level below that where the top of the salmon sits. So it's like, I want to say it's like halfway up with the salmon in it. Mm -hmm. So it's probably really like a third or less. Or a quarter of fluid that's actually in there, right? Yeah, and you can play around a lot with that. You can put like different vegetables in it. Like I've seen people put- Jalapenos. Oh, dude. That's chilies. Yeah, Um, and then I like it spicy. But Mm -hmm. I like to make it so I can put it like right on like the local green salad. And that's Mm -hmm. all. That's like my salad dressing. It's so good. That was my go-to after hockey. That those jars just just- yeah, well, eat it so with crackers or eat it on the salad. Oh, yeah, or you can make bomb salmon melts. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I make some non spicy ones for the kids, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so it's or patties or whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, you need to get into that. Yeah, I, I mean, my mom does it, I give her my fish, and that's what she does, you know. And can she I give takes her some of mine. Yeah, she just, t- <laughs> she just takes a commission, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'd like to go do it because yeah. I have a lot of good ideas and things to put in there that I've seen and want to try just to see. Yeah, it's I, fun to go to that. I mean, the one that Tom, I mean, there was like an entire table of mm. just options yeah. of things to yeah. put in. Yeah. You know, there's a oh, table. so cool. Oh, so man. cool, man. And people bring things you're like, oh, I never thought about that. And yeah. This yeah. and that. And Tom's I know that, has good recipes. Yeah. Like mm. his Bloody Mary mix. Yeah. Well, that's like, you'd be surprised how good that is, dude. Yeah, he puts it in his canned fish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds yeah. really good. That yeah. one's really that's good, good for one, the man. kids. Yeah. How about spicy margarita? <laughs> Yeah, dude, there's all kind of stuff. Dude, there. what's up with that thing, though? Your mom made that this weekend? Oh, sh. What? That thing, my mind was blown. Yeah. My, that thing got my put heart in my brain hand. was blown. blown oh, yeah. It just, like, literally I started blowing off before I even drank it. But Jeez. I saw jalapenos in a cold drink. I'm like, whoa, whoa hold the phone, yeah. dude. What is going yeah, on with that? that was good. That was, that was really good. good. I was blown so, away. So I let's walk through your like little, that. your, uh. You know, truth be told, guys, I'm, like, the lamest salmon guy ever that's okay like, uh, i don't have your guys's uh process down i i've 
kind of like a hit or miss. I, I spent years where I harvested a lot and then years where I didn't harvest any. Um, lately, as I said before, I'll, I'll look at, I mean, right now I'm good with like 10 fish. Yeah. Perfect. That's it. That's, I mean, that's fillets. Um, and that's like, I don't even need that to be honest. I mean, I'm good with like a half a dozen. Yeah. Um, I'll make it work, but I will on a year where I'll harvest, say like I'll get like twenty reds. I'll I'll go dipping, I'll get maybe ten. And then and then yeah. I'll go rod and reel in the early Russian, which like I think Jack said, those fish kind of get just mopped up. They get thrown on the grill and cooked, like fresh caught. They're small, you can eat the fillets. The the whole family can eat almost a fish in a night, you know. Um and the mid river is awesome when they bust it open to like six fish and then you can go out there mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll go out there at like 10 o'clock in at night, catch a limit and then let it roll over into midnight and then enough daylight at like two thirty, three o'clock, catch another limit. And then they're like, wow, man, I got like 10 or 12 fish yeah. in a short period of time. Try to beat the crowd. Uh, and then I'll take, say I get like 20 fish, um, in a, in a week, three or four days or whatever. I'll take like a dozen or more to my mom. And as a donation to the, you know, to the cause, right? Like mm-hmm. the village, you take your, your food to the elders, the family, the, mm-hmm. you know, you share, you share. And, and so, um, she takes a cut, which I don't ever really know how much that is. I just, I go buy a bunch of cur jars and jalapenos or minced garlic or whatever she needs, uh, to re up her supply. I bet she has some good recipes. Oh dude, it's good. She, she's been Tuning it in, um, the smoking is definitely something that she's dabbled with over the last 10 years, but she's still trying to figure it out as far as finding, like, her place because, you know, she's got her big brother's footsteps that she's trying to, yeah. not trying to follow, but his, his smoke was, like, the elite, highest level, best smoke that yeah. any family member ever put it out. It would be but, really cool to um, maybe this winter when we have a little bit more time and actually create some of these videos of uh, jarring you yeah, know, the, the process, the technique. So that's mm-hmm. like, hey, this is how you do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then from there, you can put your own spin on it. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of show like, this is how you do it. Yeah. This is what's worked for me. Yeah. Um, maybe the same with the smoke because I don't. I have a smoker. I haven't even used it. Like I always give it to someone else to do it. You know, Johnny or someone else that they already have their yeah. set ways, and I really like how they do it. So I just mm-hmm. like kind of the same deal. Like you yeah. give them some, and they're gonna keep some, and you get some back, which is cool. Yeah. But it'd be really cool to show people how to do it and learn yourself mm-hmm. how to do it and well, show your kids and stuff like that. There's a lot of cool videos. I've watched them on YouTube and, and I've been inspired to do it. I just, I'm like, Ooh, that's like two or three days. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Next, but in the winter you could do month. it. Like you yeah. like check said, it's like in October, November, there's nothing really much else going on. Right. Right. In between things. You could even do like a ice fishing slash, you know, pressure cooking thing. Yeah, bring the All propane right. and the little burner and that thing out there. <laughs> out there, cannon fun. fish while you're while you're ice fishing. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, 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 I've just things have like shifted. I used to be a huge salmon harvest um, fisherman, and I don't know something changed. I think I got to a different place where I have like buddies with ocean boats, and so we go load up on halibut and rockfish, and that just mm. kind of shifted my. Got priorities it. in terms of my time to go fishing mm. as we talk about all the time you only have so many weekends and weather um you know buddy calls you and is like hey man it's two footers for the next two days it's like let's go get some flatfish and yeah. and then well, it's also up. what your family's into you know yeah, if, they're, if yeah. the kiddos and the, and the wife is totally. more into you know halibut mm-hmm. and stuff than salmon then that's the route if yeah. you can that's the route you go 
And years ago, um, you know, we used to harvest a lot of kings out of the Deshka when they opened that fishery back up, and they had like two a day limits for I don't know, maybe like three, four years. And we were pretty good at getting fish out of there. You know, a couple, three or four of us would go on a boat and come out of there with you know six, seven, eight kings. Yeah. And, um, uh, Eric's dad, Bruce uh, Corman, he's a willy. He's a master of smoking. He's got his own thing. He makes a killer jalapeno smoke, but his his king. His smoked and canned king was the best of mm. all time. And I, I used to just take a whole king and, and I'd say, hey, man, whatever you need, um, you know, take, which he would never take any because he would have his own two kings or whatever because yeah. he was one of our buddies, you know, that was catching fish uh, on those trips. And so I would end up with like a Tropicur box. You know, if you imagine what like a pint uh, case, all right, 24 of them, I guess. Yeah. I dropped that off and I'd pick it up nice. and it was full of smoked salmon in like four days. That's cool. And then that was something that was like my most exciting um, thing that I like to do. And, and my harvest was getting those Kings and I didn't eat them all at once. I would have them throughout time and share them only. I was pretty stingy with those jars of fish. That was pretty special to me. And that was a huge thing I used to do with the King, but, and then came the dip netting and, and the, that, that time when we would get, 150 180 200 fish and here i'm stuck with 20 or 30 fish and i would you know frequent alaska sausage do their lemon pepper and their um i don't know if you guys ever really used alaska sausage for smoked fish in their vacuum seal but it's it's solid it is good it's really good i mean you know you're kind of throwing your fish in with the masses so you kind of lose that connect to the handling of the fish from say you know from the from the water to the table if you will mm. um because you're kind of not even 100 percent sure your fish is your fish when you drop it off a big processor like that but that was always convenient and really good and and that was kind of times when the summer was so running gun that i you know so and so or so and so didn't have time to smoke my fish and their fish or deal with it and so I would just go run it through and have them take care of it. And I would genuinely enjoy that fish through the winter where I could, you know, I was younger, I was into working out all the time, high protein diets, and I would just crack that thing open and eat a whole filet, a fully smoked filet. And it was just easy and it was good and it was clean and it was healthy. And I would just consume a lot of salmon during those times. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really just us having this conversation and, and thinking about, you know, showing your kids new stuff and, and, and taking on new hobbies, which it's really hard to find time to take on new hobbies with other things that I want to do. But man, I sure love to just learn how to can and smoking, smoking's kind of next level. I'll, I'll, I think I'll, I'll pass on that side. It's just really time consuming, but like canning fish is simple and, Mm -hmm. and, and it's a way to really enjoy salmon. Yeah. Even years after, I mean, I've pulled fish two and even three years out of that pantry, yeah. cracked it open and made a, a, a smoked salmon spread and mm. to put on bagels. And it yeah. was still just as good as if you did it a week ago after you caught it. I mean, there's just so many cool things you can do. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I think there's other creative stuff you can do, but I, yeah. I've slacked the last couple of years though. I just haven't been harvesting the way I used to. And, and like I said, the halibut and rockfish and all that's kind of taking precedence, but yeah, that's you know, okay. It is. You go through phases, I think, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Before we wrap this up, I kind of want to give people a heads up on some of the things that are upcoming. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. We are coming into the hunting season. 
Um, right around so, the corner. So just like a heads up on some things that we're going to do, you, uh, we, we've been talking about wanting to do, and we are going to do several gear reviews. Um, I wouldn't really say it's a review. I'd say it's more of like what we're using. Mm-hmm. And some of the topics that we brought up that you guys will see, these will be short, um, you know, hopefully around an hour or so, 30 minutes to an hour on backpacks. Um, one will be on vinyl harnesses, cook stoves, sleeping bags, rain gear, safety boots. equipment, boots, different things like that. Um, because we're going to be out of town of a lot and we're going to kind of record these and have these um, kind of queued up so that we can be consistent with our show. Uh, every week and so just be prepared to see that and and these are going to really you're going to want to consume them on youtube um if you haven't gone on youtube yet please go please go subscribe um we're trying to get the numbers up we have lots of content on there and these gear reviews i mean it'll be cool to listen to it but it's gonna be a lot cooler to be able to see it you know Mm -hmm. on the camera when we're talking about these things that we use and we're going to talk about the things that we actually use and that we know work field tested yeah so, so that's, that's it'll be short too. They won't be, you know, a podcast that's an hour and 45 minutes. It'll be 20, 30 minutes, 45 minutes tops. Yeah. And, yeah. And we'll see how far, how far they go. Yeah, we'll play with go. it. We'll play with some it, will go yeah. a little further than others. Keep and, it organic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. And some of these like backpacks, like, I mean, I have like five, you know, you have four, you probably have six mm-hmm. and we'll bring all those in and be like, this is what I use for this. This is what I use yeah. for that. This is what I use for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Also, we still plan on bringing the boater safety people in um, mm-hmm. from the state of Alaska. So if you have any questions for them or any crazy stories on boat accidents or something we are on, something happened, let us know so that uh, we can add that into the show as well. Um, we will be going on tour, I guess I want to say. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to relocate the studio mm, um, into yeah. another section into the building where we have. But we're going to make that a you know a seamless transition where we're going to go and do um, a live podcast from Double Shovel, uh, maybe a live podcast from Prince William Sound on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these other places that have been wanting us to come in, uh, like the Rock Gym, Barney's, Barney's, Barney's yeah. Mountain View Mountain Sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may be back to Heather's Choice. Go to the facility over there. Yeah, be cool. Um, and some of these things that while we are in the transition of preparing the new studio, we will go to these other places and bring the equipment Mm -hmm. and that'll be something really cool for for those businesses and for everyone that's listening and watching give the viewers you know an insight yeah look at what some of these places are and what they're about and we talk about them all day but if you can see it for yourself and if there's a a certain piece of equipment that maybe you didn't hear us just now um that you want us to really talk about um let us know headlamps or something you really want to you really want to find out about Mm -hmm. Um, hit us up because I know we use this stuff all the time. You use a different thing than I do, but all these things, most of them work and we're only using things that work and have been going out. Um, so if you haven't, uh, left us a review on Apple, that's another cool way to support us. Um, go on Apple on your, right on your phone. You can just go to our page, scroll down and write a review. Good, bad, ugly. You know, if you're a hater, we might shout you out on here. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just a, it's just an opportunity that, you know, we've said it over and over again, man. We're not sitting here trying to act like we know everything about this stuff. I mean, we're here to educate and, and talk about this stuff to what we know, but there's a lot of people out there, individuals that know a, lo- a whole hell of a lot more than us about some of this stuff. And when we bust out the backpack review or um, overview or whatever you want to call it, and we're talking about the stuff that we know that works and the products that we like, 
please do not hesitate to reach out, email us, hit us up, talk some shit, joke some, whatever you want to do, man, just, just throw down because everybody's got something to say. Yeah. And you know, we're willing to, to, to listen and, and hear the feedback. Good, bad, and ugly, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's good because if there's something we don't know and you got something to say and, and it's helpful. Yeah. No, we're, on, we're only going to tell mean, you guys what we use yeah. and why we use I mean, it. We're you know. not experts, but we yeah, use some things. They work well and we'll share it with everybody. Yep. Um, so, and one last thing, alaskawildproject.com is you can find our schedule and all our gear. We have the hats coming. We got new stuff coming. Um, that's probably one of the best ways to support us on the Patreon. Um, thank you everyone for listening and don't hesitate to hit us up and we'll see you next week with, uh, another podcast. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. The Bait Shack. Located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, your year-round professional property maintenance company, providing services such as weekly lawn maintenance, driveway sweeping, snow and ice management, and tons more. Get your free estimate today at LawnProAK.com. Anchortown Dogs, located at 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Menegato's Accounting, locally owned and operated advisory and tax accounting solutions. Passion, experience, diligence. Learn more at menegatosaccounting.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off Arctic and 58th. Handcrafted Alaskan-made cider. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Check them out at doubleshovelcider.com. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Your all-in-one cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com.